Hey listeners, welcome to Pop Cannon. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm Andrew. I'm Brian. So this is episode 29. Today we are discussing little Disney Pixar film that came out in 2017 known as Coco. Coco. All about that stuff you mix into hot water and make it hot. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, that's that's not right. <laughs> no, that's the movie. Oh, okay. But how does he get his abuelita into the little cups? <laughs> uh, the power of family. Mm. So I didn't watch this film before today. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I watched it last night for the first time. Ugh. I, I also did watch it last night for the first time. Damn, dude. I, I mean, I only watched it last year and then um, on Halloween this year. Nice. So first thoughts, what did everyone think? I absolutely loved it. I wish I had seen this in theaters because I can't even imagine how beautiful this movie would look on an IMAX screen. I, I, I loved everything about the movie. I really had a great time watching it and I've been singing the songs pretty much since it ended. Yeah, they they will not leave your head for about a week. I I can't stop. It's specifically a uh, Poco Loco. I yep. can't I can't stop. I really enjoyed it. Um I didn't love it, but it was definitely a fun ride and in my brain Disney Pixar movies are like so much fun and I thought that this was just that. It was charming and it was uh kind of endearing and like andrew said like i kind of wish that i saw this on a big screen because it probably would have been much more memorable to me if i had i uh i liked it um i did not love it uh but yeah i definitely thought it was it was good um i'm glad i i'm i'm glad i've seen it finally um but yeah i'm not i'm not gaga over it so I'm sure we'll we'll get into why soon enough. It's uh it be it immediately became one of my favorite Disney Pixar films of their catalog uh, upon my fir- first viewing and then when I watched it a second time a year later, I mean, I had just as much fun. There were parts that I was looking forward to. Um so definitely definitely one of my favorites of theirs and I, like Andrew, loved it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic movie. What was, I mean, music is such a huge part of the movie. F- family and music are the two major themes. Miguel's guitar mm-hmm. with the, the skull on the top, uh, or I guess it was his, his great-great-grandfather's guitar, but still, God, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah, was pretty cool. This movie, the second it ended, made me want to go and just play guitar and try to learn <laughs> as much as like as much of the the songs from it as I can. I I think I know why Andrew, you and Rob love this movie so much. It's because it's the most metal movie ever with <laughs> all the skulls and skeletons. <laughs> There's just it so is. much death. <laughs> it, yeah, and I mean skulls are cool. <laughs> So honestly it was it was a really fun concept for a film. Yeah. Where yeah. It, it took place in like the afterlife. Like it had this whole mythology behind it, which I really appreciated. Super original. Super original movie. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but okay. <laughs> uh 
I, I think super original concept at least. Yeah, I definitely thought conceptually, it was it was really thoughtful, and and just handled with such because like I like they're talking about your ancestors being dead, but it's handled in in such a way that like doesn't necessarily make you sad, but right. it's like it's more heartwarming and you're like happy about it not that they're dead but like you're just happy that they get to exist in that world that we get to see later on in the film yeah i agree with that as far as the uh plot and the mythology and being an original film uh, there was a film that came out in 2014 called the book of life which is almost the same oh really oh okay but I will I will tell you this, this was in production way longer than that. Oh, was it? Yes. This this I believe started production in twenty eleven and okay. didn't get put out until twenty six. It's the longest Pixar production ever. Wow. They had a kid cast as Miguel who they had to recast because he hit puberty in the midst of it. <laughs> oh wow. shit. That sucks. That's wild. <laughs> uh I did not know that. So so obviously, I, Book of Life is is DreamWorks, right? Fox. Uh, so they must have gotten whiff of the idea. Guillermo that... del Toro was involved with that. Yeah, and it was okay. Zoe Saldina, um, Channing Tatum. Yeah, uh, they must have gotten people. whiff that Disney was looking to put out a Dia de Muertos film, and and rushed to get a concept put together and and pushed out. Hmm. I saw that movie years ago it did not keep my attention nearly as much as this did i've never mm. seen it i just i've heard about it and i've i've heard comparisons of the two so hmm. i mean the comparisons between the two you're never not going to be able to compare them yeah, this just because of like the aesthetic the story of a bullfighter who on the day of the dead embarks on an afterlife adventure to fulfill the expectations of his family and friends Huh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, Man, I mean, movie studios do that shit all the time. All though. the time. Volcano and Dante's Peak. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, like that shit. Yeah, anyway. But um It's just I I just think it's interesting. Yeah, honey. Yeah, I no, it is the kids and no, nobody else did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I, I remember uh now I remember seeing the trailer for that mm-hmm. um and thinking like, Oh, it's a Dio de los Muertos uh movie, okay. And then I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's part of why like I wasn't so enthusiastic about seeing Coco because Dia de los Muertos doesn't really do much for me. Um, it, it's I, I know people really really get into it and that's awesome, but it's just one of those things that just I don't know. I don't know if it's just death in general or skulls or what. I, I'm just not super into it. <laughs> See, I didn't know. I honestly didn't know much about the actual day other than what i think we learned in spanish class in like ninth grade or something um but uh, i think this movie without going through like a heavy-handed exposition kind of just explained that holiday in a really sweet way yeah i think it did yeah i think so too because like now if somebody were to ask me i'd be able to be like oh they have the thing and they put the pictures up and that's like it's a complete explanation of what that is um and it was given to people that don't necessarily know about it other than they see sugar skulls at spirit halloween (laughs) 
yeah, and I think it, it really took its time and took care of the fact that we were essentially examining death and the way it yeah. impacts families differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it just feel like it was handled so carefully. Oh, absolutely. And I mean the the, the fact that this is the um this is the animated film that was at number one for the longest in the twenty first century. Um, wow, really? It did a hundred fifty um million dollars worldwide in its opening weekend because they did it on a thanksgiving it broke all sorts of records it won another animated series oscar i believe it won an animated um, film oscar it won best animated feature and best original song for remember me so like there's just so there's so much that that worked for it um that i mean i don't through two viewings of it i don't complain about anything really i mean it keeps my attention every time i've seen it the colors the just the story in general it's a beautiful movie uh i would say it's probably outside of the finding nemo movies it's probably the most beautiful pixar movie i've seen yeah i could agree Um, with that because in my opinion the the finding nemo under the sea that's just yeah yeah that's pixar just just that's the bar uh, yeah and so, yeah, when when they go, I mean, look, it was already it was, it's a beautiful, sh- you know, scenery of uh, the the little town, mm-hmm. um, and then once it translates to the land of the dead, it was just mind blowing. That 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 yeah. orange flower, yeah, the, the, um, carried through the entire thing. It was just so nice. Yeah, and just the amount of uh, complementary colors with mm-hmm. how blue, oh, absolutely, how blue the uh, the land of the dead was and the bright, the neon green orange, and the fuchsia. Yeah. And the magenta, yeah. yeah. Even seeing like really the awesome. fireworks and stuff really yeah. light up the sky. It just it, it had like such the a fireworks that look. turned into skulls. <laughs> yeah, no, it had such a, like a unique color palette. Like they they play this they play this movie sometimes at the theater across from where I work, and I definitely am, I'm going to try to see it in theater. Yeah. The next time it comes out, just because I can't, it would just be beautiful that way. I really liked the cast. Yeah, oh, yeah. everyone was, was really cast. good, um, and there wasn't a single performance that like pulled me out of it. No, and I think originally um, Miguel was only supposed to play guitar, um, but then they found out the new voice actor that they had for him can sing like a mother. Oh, Anthony, so, Anthony Gonzalez. Yeah, Dude, so they they it. rewrote it so he could sing. No, oh, that's cool. I was actually watching a video, it was just maybe from last year, where he performed Poco Loco, mm-hmm. but his voice had changed. Oh, so wow. he's, he can still sing, but it's just like a deeper rendition of the song yeah. from the movie, and it still sounds great. Uh, so so favorite, favorite characters? Think, we do favorite characters all the time, right? Who is everybody's favorite character? I, I really liked Miguel, but uh, fuck, I don't know. I'd have to say Hector. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. probably Hector. It was just Hector was everybody really cool. was fun, you know. Um, I think the dog was my favorite. Dude, character. I was gonna say the dog. Dante. Dante. I had so much fun watching that. Do- I literally both viewings laugh at that fucking dog so much. Well, did you say he looks like a sausage that fell in the like a floor at a barbershop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just the way that his tongue would like wrap around his face a bunch of times, like yeah, it, 
just the quirkiness of that character was a lot of fun to play around with. And then you find out that he's one of those uh, spirit guides or something, yeah. Uh, yeah. whatever that, whatever that was called. Oh my god! And then he's all colorful and he's got wings and shit. I just like he was still goofy looking. I thought that was cool once he got his like spirit animal look, but yeah. I didn't quite get that. I didn't quite get why he could. Like, is he a dog or is he a spirit animal? Is he both? I well, think I, was, I was confused the, when he's in the human world he's a regular dog but he was there for miguel okay so he became and that's why the the fucking huge griffin monster that his great great grandmother yeah, had became yeah. like a little cat that became thing was, the house cat that thing was fucking awesome dude the colors on that just the design in general is beautiful yeah because it's it just the the really bright popping colors on such a dark background looks so yep. good they made they made that creature thing like way more menacing than it turned out to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's why I Like loved I was it. waiting it was for it a... to just like destroy a bunch of stuff to try to get to Miguel, but it never yeah. did. Nope. I loved it. Oh my god, I love that. What was uh what was everyone's favorite scene in the film? Um, I'll tell you the the scene that really got to me was when Hector and Miguel are going to find a guitar. And they kind of go down to like where those houses are on the docks, and it's just the guy. Mm. He asks him to play one more song for him, and it's kind of a fun, goofy song. But just the way he fades out, yeah. And he just, and then Hector takes a drink for him. For some reason, that scene, I look over and Michelle's crying, yeah. And it, that immediately, like, I have to look away or I'm going to start crying. Yeah. And it just, for whatever reason, that scene hit me really hard, and I was not expecting it at all. But, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and it was there was. It was a. It was very dark. There wasn't a whole lot of color like there was, mm-hmm. um, in the town and everything. But it. It. I don't know. I love that scene a lot. I really liked Miguel's first performance that he did when he finally like got to perform in front of the the Day of the Dead people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a fun song, and then like Hector being dragged so, on stage. Loco? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Hector being dragged on stage with him and then them like performing together was a lot of fun. Um but up until the end when Miguel played that song for Mama Coco, oh. that I think needs to be my favorite scene. Uh just seeing the look on her face oh, slowly yeah. like morph and like remember when she starts singing along with yeah. him. Yeah. Dude, yeah. that the gut punch of that like I have goosebumps because you said it. That just like tugged on my heartstrings. Uh, Unbelievably really, good, really good scene, really believable. And then when it cut to her daughter and she started mm-hmm. to cry, I yeah. like welled up a little bit for for some reason. Seeing her daughter see like her mother like. Mm-hmm starting to sing and stuff like this and like and like have that memory that got me it's so much it's so much of like a release for everybody because there was all this protection about no music because you'll make her upset right and then once she starts singing it's like oh my god it's okay like all of that like she remembers the song and and just every like it was so so goddamn beautiful yeah no that that scene absolutely jordan was uh, and I'm not trying to make it sound like they're being manipulative, but they are. I mean, it's designed for that. Yeah. That that was that was the emotional pinnacle of the movie. 
Yeah. Um, you know, say what you will about Pixar, they nail that shit. They get they can get you to a an emotional release every time. Mm-hmm. Um, at least once. <laughs> and so yeah, that that was for me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I agree. Like that that was a great scene. Um, it's really hard for me to pick one scene because the whole movie was so beautiful. Um, I guess I, th- looking back at it, I thought the coolest thing was um, uh, Ernesto de la Cruz's uh, estate in the Great Beyond <laughs> yeah. uh, is so ridiculous but amazing <laughs> yeah. um, that it's got these these silver double decker bus elevators that go spiraling up towards it, and I I thought that was just really well designed, and uh, I thought that was a really cool scene when when uh, when Miguel uh, sneaks into his uh, mm-hmm. estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I love so much about this movie. Um, uh, I really like the idea of of Miguel and and Hector helping each other to try to get what they both want. Like, I really liked that dynamic that they had. Um, but like for me, the I guess the epilogue or the post finale part of it after he sings to Coco like a one year later yeah um that I 100% full admission bawling my eyes out once credits rolled 100% like an infant child but uh, again or to be clear I guess um last year when I had watched it cold I didn't know anything about it Mm. my grandfather had passed away in August Oh wow! Yeah, that, <laughs> um, that'll do it. Yeah, that will so do it. The I'm watching this movie <laughs> and I'm realizing what it's about. And then you get to that part where Coco has passed, and they're putting her picture on the shelf, and and I just com- completely lost it. Completely yeah. lost it. And I was just like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> lost yeah. it. Done in such a way that you know it might be sad but they're happy with family and people in the afterlife and they can still come visit you and you can do things for them yep you know, because it's, it's... then you see coco's mother and hector who finally have that reconciliation together and then coco walks into the frame as her skeletal other world afterworld self or whatever you want to call it yeah um i just man. oh completely yeah. completely broke me completely broke me and i'm 100 percent not ashamed of it at all i tell everybody that this movie made me ball my eyes out like an infant well you have like a connection to it because it, of the situation it, and everything it completely hooked me in a way that i can't even express verbally and that just goes to show like art could be interpreted in so many different ways to so many yeah. different people and have different meanings and that disney intentionally wanted to do that because i bought the fucking blu-ray <laughs> <laughs> well it worked uh, it absolutely worked they will have and they've announced officially that there's a coco 2 i don't know what the hell that could be about oh I was, wow i was just gonna um, say i kind of hope they they don't do a sequel but i mean yeah no they've they and the, the teaser no, there's money to be made it, yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's disney i mean of course I mean, considering what this movie did money wise yeah absolutely money to uh, be made but they hundred million dollars uh, yeah all the reviews I hear for Frozen 2 is like, it didn't need to be made, but Disney was going to make it because money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be the same with every big property that they have from now on. So so, so the, the trailer for it is just 
um, you're like, I believe it's just you're walking the streets of that town that Miguel lives in and you're hearing music being played and it's just on Dia de Muertos and that's it. It's like a minute or two minutes long and that's it. There's no like story introduction or anything like that yet. I think it's too early in development to have something like Jesus, that. Jesus, 2023? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those animated I mean, films shit. take a while. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess this one took a long time. Yeah, but. it took like six years, seven years. And they're going to have to probably recast Miguel if they don't age him. So, <laughs> I believe well, I, I have a feeling. Changed. I have a feeling that they'll age him enough. But I, it all I got obviously I believe depends on the story. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll follow his sister somehow. Oh, yeah. interesting. Ooh. Well, I like the idea of a female lead, Andrew. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I really enjoyed the whole Ernesto de la Cruz storyline. Like How great, they totally like, got me with the whole like that's yeah. his the twist. That was that's great, his great grandfather. Switch. That was a great bait and switch. Yeah. Because like, why wouldn't you believe that it was him? You know, like right from the jump, I was like, this is like really predictable. But like, I don't care. I, same thing, Jordan. I, I had the same thought. Like, you know, in the first fifteen minutes, you're like, oh, well, de la Cruz is going to turn out to be his grandfather, right? And then of course. You think he does, and then he does not. Yep, they um, snatched the rug right out from underneath you with that. I was like, God damn! <laughs> and it made total sense. Yep. The way that yeah. all the pieces fell together, I was like, oh, this is great. Because it operates on so many levels for so many different people watching that movie. Like, your children are going to like the kid that looks like them, and the colors, and the fun, and the music... And the adults that in, invariably have to sit and watch are going to pull all of that other stuff out of it. Yeah. And as kids grow older with this movie and watch it and repeat viewings at different stages of their lives, they're going to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my. <laughs> There's so much to it. Yeah. The twist having him, like, have killed his best friend, Hector. Yep. And then he put it into one of his movies. Yeah. Uh, it's great. What a great like, villain. Man, they had some graphic depictions of death in this movie, too. <laughs> yeah. Getting crushed yes. to death and horribly poisoned and just collapsing on the street. It was actually, I was kind of shocked, but then I remembered mm -hmm. it. And all movie. the skeletons falling apart. Oh, wait, they were already dead. <laughs> oh, if you want to get drunk, we were playing a, a drinking game where every time there was a skeleton based joke, like if their head popped uh, off or if they he pulled his arm off or something. So you had drink. to have your stomach pumped then, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was a long night. Yeah, yeah, charcoal and everything. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and then obviously you guys having watched it within the last like 24 hours, um you all got the context of the gif where the jaw drops. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Also, and it was pretty cool that they they tossed in. Uh, they had like Frida Kahlo mm -hmm. doing her whole thing. Um, I believe it was he's a he's a luchador, El Santo. Yes, was that it? Was that was supposed to be him, right? Mm -hmm. That showed up. Um, so it was kind of cool, like little nods to to famous people in that, and I don't know. I just I, there are little things like that that kind of flesh the world out. I really like, and also the 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 world of the dead or the land of the dead or whatever. Um, all operated on obsolete technology. Yeah. yeah. Right. I noticed that. Right. The the nineteen eighties like Mac computer or Macintosh computer, um, the walkie talkies, uh just like a lot of stuff that VHS tapes and everything like yeah. that. 
technology also crosses over. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They kind of had the the Art Deco design for uh, yeah. Dale Cruz's, like the shuttles that are the the monorails, whatever yeah, the, that take them up. The, and everything. Those yeah. those silver buses, basically yep. double decker yep. buses. Yeah. 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 I also really enjoyed the fact that uh, his henchmen were just like skeletons and tuxedos. <laughs> so great uh the the part where um ernesto he doesn't do a double turn um but it's just like the hard turn that he does where you think hector's already gone and then they dump miguel down there also once they're down there and like the interaction that they have in that moment was just fantastic like i love that scene so much well, I mean, and even before that, when Miguel starts singing that song to get everybody's attention and just falls into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> it was so unexpected. That was great. Um, can we talk about the music? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then. <laughs> I, well, I, honestly, honestly, um, I mean, I've listened to the soundtrack like in my car uh, right after watching it because I can't get some of the songs out of my head. Um, but I was very interested to hear... I mean, obviously what everybody had to say, but I know Brian is always the one that brings the music to the table. So I wanted to know what he thought of the songs in the movie, honestly. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to talk about them this time. Oh, that's right. Never <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about the music or family. <laughs> no, um, no, I thought the music was great. Uh, you know, uh, I think Michael, Michael Giacchino did the, the score for this. That son so... of a bitch. Yeah. He does everything <laughs> Stri- so well. Strikes again. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then, and then the the actual songs, of course, were great. Um, yeah, I I can't say that I've been humming them all day or anything, but I had heard Poco Loco before, mm-hmm. um, and Remember Me is definitely a well done song. Even the song that, um, oh, I can't remember the the, the great great grandmother um, that she sings uh, La, at La Llorona. Er- mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, even that that was great. You know, yeah, the music was great. Remember me to. to- to this point still is a, is very hard for me to listen to yeah. just because it's so emotionally charged. Yeah. The, I thought the music was all really well done. Like I said, that, that one scene where he first does his first performance was like mm-hmm. one of my favorites up until the end. Yeah. Even when he, um, even when he does his little performance to get De La Cruz's, uh, attention in the estate. Yeah. Um, that, that was really good too. Mm-hmm. The kid can sing, man. Yeah, yeah he really Like, can. his voice is so good. He sounds so cute. <laughs> I just want to squeeze his cheeks. <laughs> well, uh, one of the things that made me think that Hector was in somehow had something to do with Ernesto de la Cruz was Hector's, like, skeleton has that gold tooth. And you mm-hmm. can see on the mm-hmm. top of the guitar, you There's see the skull tooth. with the gold ah. tooth. Yep. So nice. I was like, oh, right from the jump, I knew, oh, okay, well, he must clearly have something to do with Ernesto de la Cruz. I wasn't see, that entirely was something sure that what. I didn't notice. I didn't notice that until my second viewing. I was like, wait a minute. They told you from the beginning? <laughs> well, and I completely missed it. <laughs> when they show him in human form he kind of resembles Miguel or Miguel resembles a little bit. Like they both have the same mark above their lip and their ears are kind of similar. Dude. I wonder if he's got the one dimple. Mm -hmm. I think he does. I didn't notice that until like just now, like thinking about it. (laughs) 
I think he does, honestly. That's awesome. Yeah. Just that 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 polish, you know. So something that um actually surprised me about this movie, um, while I was never bored at all throughout it, I was entertained the whole time. I found that I didn't laugh except for one time out loud. Really? It, it was really weird. Yeah, like most Pixar movies have me rolling. Yeah. But this one didn't I wasn't laughing except for one, and I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was uh, uh, when everything happens at Ernesto de la Cruz's sun, sunrise concert, mm-hmm. and then the one dude comes back with um, yes. some snacks. He goes like, what did I miss? <laughs> like, that got me. I, I, I rolled at that. Yeah, there were yeah. only a couple of parts that I like laughed out loud at. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I didn't. I don't view this movie as a comedy. No, no, I, I, and, and that's, and that was my point is that it really is more of like a drama that has yeah. a, a few jokes in it. Um, and they, they did a really good job of doing that. Yeah. Um, cause like I said, it, I, I was, it was gripping. I was watching the entire time. I was not, uh, devoid of not, emotion. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, not, well, I am that I am a robot, but no, um, <laughs> but you didn't get distracted or anything. Exactly. Thank you. I wasn't distracted by anything. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was just a little surprising because I I don't know just Pixar sets that bar that there's just so much humor in their movies and good humor too, not just throwaway jokes or anything like that. But it it definitely was more of a drama. Um, yeah, and it had everything to do with family. Yeah, the whole movie was just why family is important and why families could potentially be broken. And not just telling the truth. Yeah. Uh, like one lie forced three generations to not have music. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. that's and- just crazy. But that's such a, like, not, it's an exaggerated point, but it's a very good point about how, like, families that bury shit, it has to come home to roost at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, like I, I was, I wasn't put off from like watching it, but I was put off to the family of like how, how anti-music they were. And I know you're supposed to feel that, but I really right. felt that. Like, I was like, like, oh, I really don't like this family. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's, it's not right. <laughs> she even popped her shoe off and fucking tossed it. Yes. At him. Like, hey. yeah. <laughs> when, when they initially found out that he was like playing music and stuff. And his uh, great grandmother like smashed his guitar. Yeah. I I was Rough. like, well, of course he's gonna react that way. Yep. They think he's just supposed to like, oh, let's go eat dinner as a family. Like, right. no, you don't. They took away that thing from him. Yeah. After he professes his love for it, she just like destroyed, and he like built that guitar, had that whole room set up in the attic by himself, uh, like really. Smart kid. So like him, really smart yeah, kid. So fair. him running away, I totally understood that and and could yeah. like relate to feeling that way and in and, and getting his point of view from that situation. Like, of course, you'd be mad, you'd be upset, yeah. you'd want to, you'd want nothing to do with your family, and then you'd say things that you didn't yeah. necessarily mean, but you felt in the moment, saying, "I yeah. don't want to be a part of this family anymore." You know, that, that leads to one another scene that I thought was really, really cool when Miguel goes into De La Cruz's, uh, I guess, mausoleum yeah, um, and takes what turned out to be Hector's guitar off the 
uh, off the wall and then and then strums it and you see like the 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 pedals glow under his feet i thought that was a really cool scene yeah yeah that's the uh, that's like the portal yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so cool it's interesting that both his family in the living world and his family in the land of the dead were both searching for him yeah like on both on both sides he was missing yeah. <laughs> which i thought was interesting but he was with family all along <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a couple, like, nitpicks, and it's just because my brain can't ever shut the hell up. Um, but, like, you know, they made a point of saying, like, they don't have bathrooms in the in the, the, the land of the dead, and then, and then they're taking shots and drinking wine and drinking drinks. I'm like, well, wait, but why do they drink if they don't go to the bathroom? But, so, uh, I well, just Well, you see, it's <laughs> just part of the... the the living culture they don't want to give up Fair. They, when they drink it just passes right through their skeletons onto the ground but it's part of uh i actually i actually watched when hector when hector took that shot for <laughs> for his buddy who faded away yeah. i was like oh is it gonna just fall right through him and it did i was like <sighs> what <laughs> it's about the symbolism did it get it, stored yeah. in his in his spine, like no, I think it uh, it might have soaked into his sweater. There we go. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's I like funny. The, uh, when they the the whole concept of uh like the time limit he's working on the the third death. Yeah. The, yeah. the final. I don't know. The final death. The final death. Third death. Final death is the same thing. It's like when they when they don't remember you for X amount of time. Yeah. It's like uh, you finally do fade away. The first death is when your heart stops. The second's when you're buried, and the third is the last time your name is uttered. Yep. Or something like that. Harkening yeah. back to a Westworld episode where we discussed this. Yeah. Yep. That's true. By the way, that um, I, I was looking at the voice cast. That was Edward James Olmos who played the um, the, yep. a Cheech who uh, faded faded away in a really really small role, but really good. And um, yeah. I believe I believe Danny Trejo had a role, but I don't know that it was very pronounced. I think so. I thought I heard his voice in um, there. And um, also, Gabriel Gabriel Iglesias had a very small role. He was the clerk. But the smallest role was John Ratzenberger, um, who literally just said "gracias." <laughs> really? I didn't. Even yep. Know that. He was one of. He was one of the continuing the streak. <laughs> yep. He had to continue the streak. That was that was the whole reason they brought him in to say one word and move along. <laughs> and he made. Five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of the people. I think it's towards the beginning when you first go into the land of the dead that um, he's passing through like their TSA or whatever. <laughs> so, any final oh thoughts God. on Coco? Um, I I love the movie. Part of me like I, I don't want it to fall into like to to succumb to sequelitis, where it's just a movie gets made for money and it's just not it's clearly a cash grab because I love this movie so much. I, I didn't want a sequel. It didn't need one. I it don't was so think standalone. I don't think it will because I haven't seen a Pixar sequel yet out of the Pixar movies that I've watched. I should oh, say. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because okay. I don't, I don't watch the car mo- cars movies. I was going to say, I was going to slap you uh, in the face with cars, but you pulled back. And All I don't, right. and I don't watch the toy story movies either. Um, but, I haven't seen any of the other sequels. Incredibles two, Finding Dory. Um Finding Dory was I good. Those, I don't I, I think those are the only two really that I've that I've seen then that are sequels. Um they do not fall into the sequelitis territory. So I don't think Pixar would let that happen. 
Um, Especially for the movie that won Best Animated Film. Yeah. Well, I mean, didn't Frozen win that? And it's got sequelitis going on. So, yeah. um, but that's not Pixar again. So I think Pixar, Pixar runs at a different level on a different level. So I don't think you have to worry about that. Look, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the sequel, even though I've you know seen this and I'm not sure if I'd watch Coco again. I would definitely watch the sequel. Yeah, you know? I'm I'm in the same boat as you, Brian. Where I watch this, I don't necessarily know if I'll watch it again. Um, if I'm like with people who haven't seen it and they want to watch it, then yes, I will watch it again. But I don't think I'd go out of my way to, to just view it. Like I won't put it right. on when I'm trying to think of something to watch, but I did enjoy it. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the music was fun. The animation was stellar. Uh, it's everything you expect from a Pixar film. It pulled at your heartstrings. Um, and it's just way more serious than most other Pixar films, which is a good thing. I don't think that's yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, I, I so I like I said, I really liked it. Um, it I will say one thing that it it does have me wanting to see some of the other Pixar movies that um, I have not seen. Not talking about Cars, um, <laughs> wow. but like but like Brave. <laughs> I, I've I haven't seen Brave, uh, and I and I so I think I'm, I'm gonna check that out sometime soon. And The Good Dinosaur. I haven't seen that, and I heard that was good, so I'm gonna check that out sometime soon. Well, it's right in the title. <laughs> <laughs> not the great dinosaur. Not the amazing dinosaur, just the good dinosaur. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, I, I also haven't seen, uh, I think I've seen Brave, but I don't remember it Okay, worth a damn to even tell you if it was good or not. Uh, um, it was good. Oh, man. I it, Like I said earlier, uh, it's definitely one of my favorite Pixar films of all time. Um, I, I, I would put it in, I don't know if I would say a top three, but a top five situation, because Monsters, Inc. is number one for me forever. Yes. Um. But yeah, I yeah, I love that movie so much. Mayhaps we should do a list of our favorite Pixar movies sometime soon. Interesting. It's definitely it's definitely up there for me. Um, I just love the the themes of this movie, the songs in the movie, the aesthetic of the movie, like everything for me uh, hit in in the way that they intended it to. It was so metal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and like all the fucking death, uh, <laughs> just skulls. So go ahead, let us know on our social media platforms on what you thought of Coco and what you think of this episode. For Pop Cannon, this has been episode twenty-nine. We're almost at thirty, guys. Ew. I'm Jordan. I am Robert. I'm Andrew. And I'm Brian. I was going to say we could all start saying Poco Loco, but I feel like we'd be too perfect. Right. Now, that's true. And I wouldn't want to ruin it for anyone. And get, like, content ID'd, you know? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I see what you're doing. We would we would definitely get hit with a copyright if we all tried to sing Poco Loco as pitch perfectly as we could. <laughs> because we all sound like 12-year-old we... boys. <laughs> I don't want to make the, the, the child actor that, that play feel bad about himself yeah. with how our rendition would go. We could do like I a, mean, oh, we could do a barbershop version. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> mama, mama. <laughs> Are you un poco loco for Coco? Man, I love this movie. 
and I love talking about this movie. It is absolutely one of my favorites. Do you love the Disney Pixar film, Coco? Who is your favorite character? Are you still singing the songs? How about the stunning visuals and heartwarming story? You can tell us the answers to any and all of these questions by interacting with us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PopCanon. But please don't forget the K. It's easy to remember. Just think K is for Kaleidoscope and you'll remember us. Wait, why not? You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. Super easy to do, and that way you never miss an episode. We are still in the midst of our hashtag PopCanon giveaway, where by simply following a few steps, you will be entered to win a digital copy of Batman the Animated Series, a topic we covered in episode 28. But wait, there's more. We are also running a fully interactive tournament across our social media to determine who is the greatest superhero of all time. Have you been voting? Make sure you do. And if you've developed an affinity for us and you want more, who can blame you? I, Robert, can be followed on Twitter and Instagram at Yesball. Jordan is on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. Andrew is on Twitter at Flavored underscore Red and Instagram at Android Skeleton. Sometimes he posts original artwork and it's always awesome. And following Brian this week has been quite the adventure. He got a DNA kit from Groupon and decided to take the plunge. The preliminary results were fascinating, and he actually went all the way to Mexico to try to discover which massively popular singer his great-grandfather is. Is it possible that he's related to the cultural phenomenon of Ernesto de la Cruz, the singer-songwriter of the Grammy Award-winning hit Remember Me? No. Turns out he's not Mexican at all. And after waking up in a Tijuana dumpster with a massive scar on his back, he tried to get back to Los Estados Unidos, but his wallet and passport were stolen too. Stay tuned for our Christmas Lists episode, where we count down our top fives in multiple categories, and a review of HBO's Watchmen to round out the year. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the turkey. Enjoy the time with your family. But don't stay too long and get the hell out of there. You know what I mean?